Good morning and welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor, and it is great to see you today. Everybody doing good? Man, you have to be doing good with weather like this. Amen? Can I just tell you, I think people that go to church on days like today, there's a special place for you in heaven. Is that good? Like, I think it's like an upgrade. I know, like, God doesn't keep points like that, but I think he does. And it's not the Bible. It's just my thought. I just think, man, you know, when the weather's bad, there's no place else to go, and the house is full, that's one thing. But when it's, like, sunny and 75 and you're here, I, I just think that's bonus points, all right? I'm just telling you is what I think. Well, I am so, so, so excited about this series, and I hope that you're going to join me for this series. Uh, and uh, because it's, it's, the, it's kind of the why. It's why I love you, why I love Life Church, why I love being the pastor here, why we're all together. And, um, and so ever so often, I will come back to this message because I just think it's one of those, like the stake is in the ground. So if you've been here since the beginning, uh, 18 years ago, then you've heard this a couple of times. If you haven't, if you've only been coming for the last two or three years, this is going to be a brand new message for you. But the ideology and the theology won't be. And, and I just want you to know right from the very beginning how much I love you. I'm going to rattle your pots and pans a little bit today. Is that all right? Don't take it personal. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not personal. Come on, say it to each other. You're going to need this for later. It's not personal. He really loves us. Right? Everybody's like, oh my goodness, what he's about to talk about. Well, here, here's the thing. I, the, the, can I just talk about you for a minute, about how great you are? Seriously, about how awesome you are. I, I get a chance from time to time to get to go different places and preach different places and, and be in different, different, different places. I, I'm around a lot of my colleagues are, are other pastors of other churches, and I hear different things. And, and can I just be honest, most of the stuff that they deal with, I don't deal with. Some of the, the crazy stories and some of the, this is happening and people are going buck wild over here. Or this is falling apart over there. I just go like, they look at me and I go, guys, I, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Our, we don't deal with that. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Lord. Maybe it's the people. Maybe it's me and my beautiful face. I don't know, but it just is what it is. And, 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 and here's the deal. You know, 18 years ago, this church was started at Germantown High School in the cafeteria with 35 people. And from there until now, it's, there's thousands of people on a weekend that, that are coming in and hearing this life-changing message of, of Jesus. There'll be over 500 people that will give their heart and life to Christ this year. There are 534 last year that will do, sign the card, check the box, and say, I made a decision to follow Jesus. Not just raised hands, but, but literally committing themselves. There'll be all, well over 100 plus people this year that will, that will follow Christ and, and water baptism. I love when we did the spontaneous baptism at Easter. You had, you had people, man, that you could smell the stench of alcohol on them, and, and God was doing a work in their life. And, and amazing work in their life. You, 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 you had people that had been wrestling with that decision for quite some time and finally said, today is the day. It's Easter. I'm going to do this on the Lord's day. He did this for me. I'm going to do this for him. You, you had people that, that didn't have two nickels to rub together, and there were people with Cartier watches having to take them off before they got into the tank. That, that's the church. That's what I love about the church. It's not just about the up and over. It's not just about the down and the out or all of us that are in the middle. It, it, it's, it's about everybody for whosoever, red, yellow, black, white, stripe it, polka dot, check it, whatever you are. I mean, it's for everybody. And so it's amazing to see that happen. It's amazing to be a part of a church where, where, where millions of dollars over the course of these almost two decades, millions of dollars 
have not stayed here, but have gone around the corner and around the world. And when we get to heaven, I think it's going to be an amazing time when we all see each other. And God, and God says, Life Church, here's your reward. Here's all the money that you gave. Here's the things that you sacrificed for people that were in far-flung countries of the world. And it's just a great, great, great place. And then I just think about the number. There's about a dozen churches that we've helped plant in the United States. And from, from the East Coast to the West Coast, from, from, from the Upper Midwest to the, to the Dirty South, man, and all there in between, you've been helping to plant churches that are, some of those churches have now eclipsed even the size that we are. And God's doing great things. I think about the campuses, you know, um, just, just what's happening at, at Appleton and with Jeff and Abby and what's going on there. And what, This year we are praying for a building. We are looking for real estate. We've been talking. If you own a building in Appleton in a prime location, don't tuck me away in some neighborhood somewhere, but a prime location. I know it's expensive. It may be new, but God wants it. And so you just see me after service. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Amen? All right, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Some people are like, now, I know the last time we talked about a building, it happened. So I'm going to be easy on that one. But I'm just saying, like, that, that's where we are because the church is growing and that's happening. You know, they did an outdoor baptism at Appleton in the parking lot of the movie theater. Come on, you, let's just get real. I mean, I've been serving God a long time. That takes a lot of guts to be a grown adult and get dunked in water in a movie theater parking lot when they got a 10 o'clock showing of The Incredibles that day on opening weekend. You know what I'm talking about? Like kids are going, hey, Mom, what's the hot tub doing tonight? Can let's go over. Come on, Johnny, stay away from those people. I mean, it's just one of those... Like, but I mean, people going into faith in Christ. And then at the Milwaukee campus, you know, nine months ago is when we started this journey. It hadn't even been a year. Nine months ago, we said we felt like God was calling us. This was the time to go to the city in and, and such a way and just to love people and to serve people and really didn't have an idea that we'd be doing a campus. It was way more about like we're just going to simply go and, and just love people and show up and we're going to make mistakes, but we're going to do it. And, and I mean, and, just, and to see that, you know, how that building was given to us. Right there, 55th and Burleigh. And then, and then well, who's going to be the campus pastor? And I had so many guys tell me, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do inner city. I don't want to, I don't want to do ghetto. I don't want to do, I'll do uh, 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 urban, I, I, but I don't, I don't do suburban. But, but that, I mean, that's a tough area. And, and, and there's never been anything great right there. And what do we do right there? And how do we do that? And I was meeting with other pastors in the area. And they were praying with me. And we were working this out and figuring this out. And God raises up, you know, Robert Bell. And he has been such a gift. Do you know that last weekend, middle of summertime, 137 people on that campus? 137 people. Folks, the first week we got it, there was like 20. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I had Ryan, our executive pastor, pull the numbers like from, from way back, for, uh, and, and they, they've kept the records. It's been two decades since that church averaged that number. And I'm just thinking, it's summertime. And Robert, man, if you know Robert, he, there is no shame in his game. He'll go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in. And if he compelled me, I would be there. Yeah, man? You know, it's just one of those deals. I'm just saying, this is like a great, like I just... Wow, and more campuses to come, and, and just awesome, awesome, awesome place. So why are you here? Why am I here? Why does this happen? Let me give you the secret sauce. It's going to be on the screen. It's why we exist. We at Life Church exist to lead people to experience life change in Jesus. We at Life Church exist to lead people to experience life change in Jesus. 
Real simple. The why is not about me. The why is not about you. The why is not about some program. The why is not about some worship set. The why is not about some structure. The why is not about some agenda. The why is real simple. We believe, first of all, in a God who created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. We believe that there is a God in heaven and that he created this entire world that we live in. It didn't just happen. It wasn't accidental. But that God created the heavens and the earth. You read in verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1, we believe that God created you and I. He created humanity in his image. This world is the handiwork of God. It's his craftsmanship. But you and I bear the very image of our maker. And we don't believe that there's some, some way in which we came. No, we believe that God spoke us into existence, that God breathed life into the nostrils of Adam and formed Eve, and, and that God planned for humanity. We believe in a God that not only created the heavens and the earth and created you and I to have a divine design and a plan, but that a God that loved us so much that he did not want sin to separate us. He didn't want sin to destroy us. He wanted us to be blessed and have life to the very fullest here and now and have life forever and eternity. So John 3.16 says this so eloquently, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We believe why you're here today is because you believe in a God that created the heavens and the earth. You believe in a God that, that created you and I. You believe in a God that has a father heart that is not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish. So he loved us so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And that because you and I have experienced grace so amazing, that amazing grace that we sang about today, because we experience that, we believe that Jesus was right when he told us the greatest commission for us as followers of Christ is to go into all the world, every man and every woman's world, and proclaim Jesus to everybody, down and out, up and over, high capacity, low capacity, red, yellow, black, white, regardless of the culture, regardless of the language, regardless of the barriers, it is our responsibility. It is our privilege as ambassadors of Christ going on his behalf. Why? Because we're one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. We're one person who was lost and now is found. We're one person who was blind, but now we see. We're one person that was broken, but now we've been restored and redeemed. Not just for the sweet by and by, but for the here and now. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. That's why we are here. The why behind all of this is we don't always understand the how. We don't always understand the what. But we know the why. The why is, is that there's a God who created this world and all that there is. And he created you and created I. He has a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. Not just us inside the church, but those outside the church. We are all his children, that he loved us so much that he gave his, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, and that if we simply accept Romans 10, 9, and 10, we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And it's our responsibility, our responsibility, your responsibility, my responsibility, not to have a holy huddle, not to have a good little Bible study, not to have a good little worship time. Not just, oh, it doesn't we love each other. But for you and I to come together and tell everyone that we can about this man named Jesus. He's the secret sauce. He's the secret sauce. 
And the reason why we continue to grow is not because of me. It's not because of you. It's because of him. The Bible says unless you're drawn by the Holy Spirit, none of us come to repentance. So today, there are some of you that are here today, some of you that are watching online, and you, quite frankly, you don't really know why you're here, but something drew you, someone pulled you, something happened, there was a set of events, but it's by no accident. We don't come to this place just by accident. It's by intention. And it's not of man's design, it's of divine design. The Bible says it's by the foolishness of preaching that men and women come to repentance. This would not be the way I would design to do it. But it's the way he's chosen to do it. And it works. And nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. I say that three times really fast. <laughs> so how does this play out? We get the why, but how does it play out? Well, real simple. It's all about this thing here called the table. It's about this table. And so here's what we believe is that there's this invitation to the table. And the table is the place where people come to be fed. If you take a note, you can write that down. The table is the place where people come to be fed. Real simple. It's about this table. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I'm what you hunger for. I'm what you need to sustain you. I'm the bread of life. And so around this table, and it's very interesting because there's a whole theology on the table. I've preached about this. I've taught about this. Uh, it's, it's, I've written about this. That, that the table represents uh, uh, Christ and the church and who and what we are. And you may go, why do you mean that, Aaron? I thought the cross represented Jesus. No, it may represent Jesus to you. It's on the cross that he died for our sins. I get that. But how did Jesus tell us to remember his death until he comes? The table. Every time you remember my death, I want you to take, I want you to take of the bread. I want you to take of the cup. The bread represents my body. The cup represents my blood that was shed. And every time you remember me, Take of this, what we call Holy Communion. We call it the Lord's Table. Sit at the Lord's Table, partake of the Lord's Table, and remember me until I come. Where does he institute that at? At a table. We call it the Last Supper. Over two dozen times in the Gospel of Luke alone is Jesus at the table, eating at the table, inviting people to come to the table, being invited to the table, having a conversation at the table, leaving the table, having just had a conversation. The, the, the table is a big deal because in the first century, the smaller the table that you had, the more exclusive that you were, the more important you were. The larger the table that you sat at, the, the, the more average or common that you were. And so we see Jesus doesn't sit at these small exclusive tables. He actually sits at these large tables that are, that are inclusive to, to everybody. And the critics, the religious people of the day, the number one criticism is why do you sit at the table with sinners? Look at it in Revelation chapter 3 verse 19. The Bible says Jesus says that he stands at the door of every man and every woman's heart and he knocks. And if you'll open the door and you'll invite him in, he will do what? Come in and eat with you at the table. It's a table. And so at the table, there's invitation. So there's four seats. These four seats represent four people groups at the table. So there's four seats at the table. And, and, and here's where the responsibility is for the people here at the table is that we're to build the believer and serve the seeker. Build the believer, serve the seeker. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Some churches, it's all about building the believer. 
We're just going to be about building believers. We're just going to be about just this, our little holy hole and our little deal and that kind of a deal. And we don't really have guests and we don't really do that. It's just us and we know everybody here. And the pastor's just a chaplain to kind of marry you and bury you and pat you on the back on the way in between. I mean, that's all he does. But you're missing part of it because the church is not just about the found. It's about the lost. Remember the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son, the parable of the, the, the lost sheep. That the shepherd will leave the 99. He will leave the found and go look, do for what? Find the lost. Now, he's taking care of the 99. They're in the sheep pen. They're in the fold. They're taken care of. He's accounted for them. They're fed. It's your responsibility, so you don't abdicate that. But he goes and leaves them being fed, being taken care of, being protected to go find the one. That's part of the responsibility of every local church. And so it's, about, it's not about a, a either or, let's worry about lost people or found people. No, 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 no. It's about both. So how do you do that? How do you put crazy, wild, unsaved people together with people that have been serving God for a long, long, long time? Well, we're going to talk about that. It's a table. So there's four chairs. First chair is a blue chair. This is the chair for the, the pastor, the minister. This is what I call the food dude chair, right? <laughs> Surprising, isn't it? What do you mean food dude? Well, if our responsibility is to serve up the bread of life hot and fresh, Jesus in God, John's Gospel, chapter 21, verse 14, he says to feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Serve the seeker. Build the believer. So it's my responsibility as the pastor to serve up the bread and life hot and fresh. Anybody like leftovers? No, thank you. Anybody want the scraps when everything's done? No, thank you. We leave that for the dogs. What do you want? I want it hot and fresh. I want it prepared for me. I want it coming right off on the plate. You know, like, it's, it's just, this is, a, this is an illustration we'll all get. It's Krispy Kreme, right? It's the hot lights on. Come on, let's just be honest. We have a rule in my house. You can ask my daughters. You ask my wife. It doesn't matter where we are, where we're going, what's going on. If the hot light is on, we're going to stop. But we're on our way to eat, Aaron. It doesn't matter. It's a rule. We can't break the rules. Right, girls? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. That's right, Tammy. It's a rule. We've got to instill. The Bible says, teach and train these children the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. <laughs> Amen. So that hot light's on. We're pulling that car over. And there is no shame in my game because they give you a free one, right? You know what I'm talking about that? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You skinny people are really worrying me. <laughs> Listen, that hot light's on. You walk in, and you got that conveyor belt. Mmm, it's that dough going over, dropping into that hot grease, sweet Jesus. Coming right on up, going right down that conveyor belt just to cool it down just a little bit. Then they got the glaze hose. I'm telling you, that's what I want. Like in my kitchen, one day I'm going to build my own house, and I'm going to build a kitchen that's going to have a glaze hose in it. Wow. Everything tastes better that way. And then that goes right through, and then they just take a little stick, and they just pick it up, and they hand it to you. That's your free hot donut. Now, they're trying to trap you, Right? Because they just melt in your mouth. Like, if I got any time, I'm like, yeah, I want the free hot one. I'll tell you what, I want a half dozen of those. I want a half dozen of those. Give me a, give me a, qu a quarter of milk, and, and I need some hot coffee, too, to wash it all down. And I will sit there. And my line, Ava, I'll sit right there and eat the whole thing. Hate me? Don't hate me? I know. Spanx hides it all, baby. I'm just telling you. <laughs> that hot light's on. And when the hot light's on, eh, eh. Go, you know, you see them in the store, like somebody, some... You know, a little convenience store carries them. Whatever. I don't care. That hot light's on. You got my attention. My, my, here's my deal. The responsibility of the pastor is to serve up the bread of life hot and fresh. There is no excuse for boring sermons. Amen. Amen. 
There is no excuse for preachers that aren't prepared when they come to minister God's word. There is no lack of illustration. There is no lack of, of, of content. I mean, the Bible is the most amazing book. And if the pastor can't get excited about it, how does he expect people to get excited about it? If the pastor's not reading it, come on, y'all are not shouting me down good enough. If the pastor's not reading it, how does he expect the flock to read it? If the pastor doesn't know it, how does he expect the people to know it? No, the responsibility of the food dude is to serve up the bread of life, hot and fresh, Jesus Christ, hot and fresh every single week. That's it. Now, second chair, the red chair. If you've been around here for a while, you know what this is. This is the center chair. It's red like the devil, hot like you're going to hell. Easy to remember, amen? And if you're sitting in this chair, you don't need anybody else to point that out because you know, because right now you're going, man, is it hot in here? No, it's you're in the center chair. Now, I joke about that, but you go, I thought the table is the church. It is. I thought these people all comprise the church. They do. A healthy church will have a third of its people sitting in this chair. You mean it's okay to come to church and be a sinner? I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it should be a reality. We should have people every single weekend, every single gathering that are lost. Oh, man, they're lost. Half-lit. Cocaine snorting, skirt chasing, I mean going to hell people. Coming to church. Why? Because where are they gonna hear the message? They're not hearing it at the bar. Starbucks isn't giving it to them when they get their, their caramel macchiato. Right? Pick and save is not you can't buy it at pick and save. You can't get a pound of that over at 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 at, at, at uh, Walgreens. It's not on the value menu at McDonald's the last time I looked, and I do look from time to time. How are they going to hear the good news? By somebody that's invested in them, inviting them to come. And if you're in this seat today, welcome. You may disagree with me. That's okay. You may disagree with a lot of things. That's okay. Because guess what? I sat in this chair. Every one of us in this room that are followers of Christ sat in this chair. That's where we all began. We're born into sin. If we weren't, and our ignorance would save us, and let's not tell anybody about Jesus, and let's just go on. No, we're all born into this sin nature, and we're a sinner in need of a Savior, and his name is Jesus. That's why we're here. Again, let's go back to the why. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever sits in this chair would believe in him, would have eternal life. It's that simple. And so the thing is, as we continue to grow as a church and, and expand as a church, and we continue to move on as a church, my number one concern is do we have enough of these people at the church? Amen. I'm just telling you. I know some of the deacons dropped their cigarettes on that one. I'm just telling you, like, we don't have any deacons that smoke that I know of. But anyhow, I'm just saying, at the end of the day, we need to have people that are far away from God that are welcome to come to the church. And you go, I, I don't know. They, they shouldn't feel comfortable at church. No, there's a conviction power of the Holy Spirit. What they shouldn't feel is condemnation. Condemnation is a perversion of Holy Ghost conviction. How do you know that? John 3, 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Condemnation is a work of the enemy of your soul that wants to tell you you're a loser. You're never going to make it. Your marriage is never going to make it. It's never going to be there. And it condemns you and tries to condemn you to stay into this seat. It tries to shame you and stay in this, in, into this seat. And there is no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of sin and death has been broken and paid for by Jesus. That's what Paul says. So if you're sitting in this seat, we welcome you. Do we want you to stay here? No. Are you facing a real hell? Yes. Will your sin send you to hell? Yes. 
Just by sitting at the table, does, do, 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 can you become an automatic Christian? No. Does going to Taco Bell make you a taco? <laughs> does going to a garage make you a car? Let's just think about this for a minute. Does going to Krispy Kreme make you a donut? No. So going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You don't get gold stars because, hey, you got perfect attendance. Hey, you put money in the offering. You're saved. No, you're, you're going to hell. You just happen to be in church. But here's what I noticed about Jesus. Around Jesus, he was a friend of sinners. That was one of the number one complaints of the religious leaders of the day. But sinners were drawn to Jesus. Did they stay in their sinful state? No, but they were drawn. Why? Because they were invited to the table. So it's the red chair. So the next group we have here is the the green chair. The green chair is the newbie chair. This is the people that are new to their faith. They just moved from this chair to here. Or they're new to the faith community. Maybe they've been following Christ for a long time, but they're new to Life Church. They sit in this chair. A third of the people in the congregation should be sitting in this chair. And a healthy church, a third should be here and a third should be here. And there should be this transformation. How do you see 524 or 34 people come to faith in Christ in a year? Because you have to invite them to get them in the door and then they come here. How do you see 100 plus people get baptized? Because they're moving from here to here. That's what's happening. And so, so the people that are sitting in this chair, they don't know the wrong questions. I love people that sit in this chair because they don't know where Malachi is found at. They think it's like a drink at Starbucks. They don't understand where that's at in the Old Testament. They don't know how to navigate some of the things in the Bible. They, 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 they don't know that there's different versions of the Bible and what that means. They, they've never been in a small group and, and, and that type of a deal. They've never been around other people that literally are just kind and nice and sweet like you are. They just they don't know. But they want to know. And they're eager and they're learning. The people here, right here, excite me. This is one of the reasons why I pastor. Because it's someone who was, who was lost and now they're found. And sometimes in worship, man, they're really expressive. Because God's done such a great work of grace in their life. And so, man, they're passionate and they're in love with Jesus and they're going. And the biggest thing with people in this chair is we got to say, okay you, can, okay, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And so let's don't do 15 ministries right now. That's going to burn you out. We don't want to burn you out. We want to keep you here for the long haul. Do this. Let us help you understand how to honor God with your giving, how to honor God with your time, how to honor God with your talent, how to honor God with your treasure. Let, let's, let's work, but work, but sit at the table. So they're at the table. The, the last third of the people at the table are the, what I call the gold chair. The gold chair people. These are people that are mature Christ followers. These are people that, that man, they, they've been living God. Some of them are living for God uh, longer than I've been pastoring. Um, people that sit in this chair, they, they bring the tithe. They, they give the greater. They, they, they're involved in a life group. They're involved in a ministry. These are the people that if, when, when we're having big crowds, they'll give up their seat without grumbling and complaining. These are the people that, that are, are all about, man, about, they're not about themselves. They're about helping. These are the people that sit across the table from the center and they invite them. They're, the center's sitting there because they've invited them. They're sitting next to the, to the new Christ follower because they're helping them. Here, let me help you find out where Malachi is in the Old Testament. Here, let, 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 let me help you understand what this means. Hey, I know you're going through a rough patch. Let me help you. Come on, let's Stay engaged. Come on, why don't you come to Life Group? Hey, let's go to dinner. Let's go have a cup of coffee. Let's get connected. Let's do this. The people that sit in this chair right here are, are the people that when we get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it will be. Because they're going to see all of the work and all of the serving that they've done around the table, how it's reached lost people, how it's matured and developed people in their faith. Some of you, you're, you're brand new. I mean, you, you're the first generation of Christian. 
You've never had a godly mom or dad, and you don't know what that looks like. And so you're in this chair, but you're looking to this chair to see what that looks like. Because these are the people that are models of not perfection, but of, of how grace works in your life. And without the people that sit in this chair, we can't do what we do. Without the people that sit here, we can't do what we do. I'm just telling you. And there's not a ton of people that sit in this chair. We need more people to sit in this chair. But that's what makes this happen. And these people link arms with me to serve the other two people at the table. If you're in this chair here, I may not tell you anything you don't know. This weekend, this message, you, you probably have heard this before. You get this before. I'm kind of preaching to the choir, so to speak. But, but I, what I want to challenge you with and what I want to encourage you with is that what will happen is you stay at Life Church and we do this together and we kind of ham and egg and tag team this together, we're going to see hundreds and thousands, and I believe tens of thousands of people come into the kingdom of God here in this location, throughout this state, and around the world because we've partnered together. And I need you, you need me, and we're working this together. And that's the table. That's the whole way this table works. There's one chair that's not at the table when it comes to Life Church because I don't think it's biblical. And Brett, could you help me? Could you, could you bring that? Could y'all give Brett a big hand? He's going to help me out real quick. Oh, yeah. Just put it right here. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Brett. Brett, are you single? Oh, yeah, he's single, ladies. I'm just letting you know. Every lady, like, they like a man that's take care of the babies. Here we go. That's a high chair. High chair. You know what this is? This is for babies. Babies, because they, they can't sit here. They don't want to sit here sometimes in babies. Now, let me help you understand this. In the church, what's happened, because I've been raised in church all my life, and I see people that occupy this space. And what it is, is it's not that they, it's not that they can't grow and develop. They just don't want to get onto the meat of God's word. They want to stay on the milk. It's not, and this is not about agreement or disagreement of the pastor. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. Because everybody that sits around this table, we all have different ideas. We're not gonna, you're not going to agree with the food dude 100% of the time. That's fine. That's not a problem. It's not about that. It's not about asking questions about, hey, have we thought about this or what about that or this may be a good idea. No problem. But the person that sits in this chair, it's all about them. The problem is they don't care about the person in the red chair. They refuse the, the, the green chair because it means they're going to have to grow and be uncomfortable. But, and they're too whiny and complaining and, and they're crying and, and all the time to sit in, 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 the, in the mature gold chair. They want to stay in the high chair. Here's the problem with the high chair. The high chair is that as a food dude, I'm sitting here and I'm inviting these people, the sinner and the newbie and the, and the mature Christ follower to come into faith in Christ. And so I'm serving up the bread of life hot and fresh and we're doing this. But I got this baby over here that keeps crying. So when the baby cries, I look and then the baby wants some more food and the baby wants to throw their food and the baby doesn't like this and doesn't like that mm, don't shout me down my preaching good they don't like what we're serving here they, it's not pureed enough for them it's not it's too dense right we don't want steak no we just want the milk and they just want more and so what happens is is that a pastor has attention am I going to serve these people or am I going to take care of the baby Am I going to serve these people? Whoop, my God, I'm about to preach. Am I going to serve these people or take care of the baby? So what happens is when the baby just keeps going, if you've got an eye chair, you've got to turn your back on everybody else at the table so you can get right over here, you know what I'm talking about, and bring the baby up here and wipe the baby's face and spoon feed the baby. They're going to throw food at you, and they want you to take that. <laughs> They're going to cry. Neither diapers changed. I got all kinds of metaphors, people. We can just keep going with this. And all this kind of deal. The problem with this is I cannot do this and this. 
There's no way I can manage this or this. It's, it's a recipe for disaster. And so I have to make a decision. Is there I chair Christians at Life Church? Nope. Because if I have I chair Christians, and these are people that choose their own comfort over everyone else, they choose themselves over lost people, they choose themselves over maturity and development, they could get up out of this chair and sit in any one of these other seats and help me win the world for Christ, but they don't want it because they are, the music's too loud. Music's too soft. Nobody ever says that at Life Church. <laughs> I don't say that at Life Church. Um, preaching's too short. Nobody ever says that at Life Church either. What's this scruff on pastor's face? He needs to shave that and get clean cut. Mind your own business. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I don't like this. I don't like that. Why are we having to do this ministry? Why are we doing that ministry? Why do we do this? And why are we doing that? And what about the disco dust? It's, I'm getting emphysema because of that. And I got all kinds of problems. It's just, it's all about them. It's all about them. And, 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 and the problem is, again, is that if you're going to be, do this, you're going to have to focus on this. And when you do that, you're basically saying to hell with lost people. Literally, not figuratively. You're literally looking here at new people in Christ that are hungry, that want to learn, that want to grow, and they want to come around, but you've got their back to them because you can't help them. And then you've got mature Christ followers there saying, hey, pastor, hey, pastor, let those people go. The poor you'll have with you always. Because people that sit in this chair will tell you, I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to go do this. I'm doing this. It's, it's not about that. It's just they, they want another new book and another new conference, another new service, another new dispensation, another new this, another new that. And the problem is they won't mature. They don't want to grow up. But what they want is mine, 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 I, I, I. And they hold the pastor and they hold the church hostage. You want to know why the church in North America is dying? Because of consumerism. Because of people that sit in this seat that are professional Christians that are looking for this kind of worship, this kind of teaching, this kind of service. This kind of kids ministry, I'm telling you, amen. Because lost people don't ask those questions. I've been doing this gig a long time. Lost people don't ask those questions. Lost people don't say those things. I chair people. And if you're an I chair person, I have offended you. And if I haven't offended you, see me after service and we'll get it over with. Because here's my problem. It's not that I don't love you. It's you need to grow up, and you need to get up from the high chair. You need to find yourself in a seat in this, in this, in this uh, a green chair for a while, mature in your faith so that you can sit in this chair. Because what this is is a perversion of what Jesus Christ came to do. This is where the religious leaders of the day, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, this is where they sat. They sat around and they, and, they, and they said, he's a friend of sinners. They sat around and go, why is he with these disciples? What did they know? These are all fishermen who couldn't make the cut to follow another rabbi. Who's ever going to really follow him? Oh, my God, I'm preaching good. It's the truth. And I'm telling you. I sit in this chair, not because I don't have a place to preach, or because I can't make money doing something else. I sit in this chair, not because I'm stuck, or because I just want to be here, or, or I'm, I, if you know me, I'm not bored at all, and there is no laziness in me. I sit in this chair because at Life Church, we don't deal with this. At Life Church, we reach this chair. At Life Church, we grow and develop this chair. At Life Church, I get to link hands with some of the most mature Christ followers I have ever met. And at Life Church, Jesus Christ, the bread of life, is served up hot and fresh every single week. And we don't deal with iChair. When iChair people come along, it's like, hey, 
maybe there's another church someplace else for you. Let me help you find that church. And you go, you'd never say that to someone. Oh, yes, I have. Somewhere along the way, I gave you the opinion that I care what you think. I'm sorry. Let me help you find another place to go. Because if I say yes to them, I just say no to them. And I'm telling you, if you want to know what, you want to know what angers me, it's people that sit in this seat. Because people that sit in this seat, most of the time, are just, they're very biased, prejudicial, self-absorbed individuals that refuse to mature themselves in God's word. They refuse to involve themselves with the ministry of other people. They refuse to go around the corner and go around the world. They refuse to do what God's word says. And they want to fight and wrestle and I just and, and argue. I don't have time. Because I got people here. I got people here that are sitting in this seat every single week. If you're lost away from Jesus, you're the reason why I'm here. You're the reason why this church exists. Again, let's go back to the why. The why is that we believe in a God that created this world. We believe in a God that created you and me. We believe in a God that loved us so much that he gave his one and only son so that those who were lost could be found and mature in their faith. And we believe in a church that's supposed to set up a table so that everyone's welcome. And anyone's welcome at Life Church. But you're not going to change the menu. It's not going to change from Jesus. You're not going to water it down. We're not going to pull back. Well, the world says, the culture says, I'm going to say something. I, 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 uh, um, uh, I need to filter myself right there. Woo, that about came out. A little bit of Southern Arkansas came out right there. I'm just telling you, forget the world. Leave the world alone. You're going to have the world all the time. The poor you're going to have with you always. At the end of the day, we're going to preach Jesus. We're going to preach his word. And there's going to be times it's going to convict us. There's going to be times it's going to make us adjust things. There are going to be things that we're going to fall short of. There are things I fall short of. I am not perfect. Man, I am far from it. I'm just another seat at the table. But I would be doing you a disservice if I don't serve up Jesus Christ hot and fresh every single weekend. Because it's my responsibility to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry. It's my responsibility to provoke the gifts that God's given you. It's my responsibility to serve you, to build you, but also not forget those people that are lost. Not forget those people that are new in their faith. But to come around the table and we link arms together and we eat because we are a family. That's why the local church works. Amen. So my question to you today is simply this. What seat are you sitting in? What seat are you sitting in? I'm going to pick this up next week. Are you here? What's keeping you here? It's okay. I'm not doing a full court press on you. Why are you here? Take the time you need to, to make the decision to follow Christ. It's okay. You're in a safe place. But is that where you're sitting? You're new in your faith in Christ. Is that where you're sitting? Why are you sitting there? Nothing wrong with it. Why? Self-awareness. Why am I here? Why God has me here? What do I need to do? What do I have to do to move from this seat to this seat? What do I have to do to move from this seat to this seat? Are you here?
One of the things that I think, because it's an act of obedience, is that people that sit in this seat, they just follow God's word with a reckless abandon. I don't know why this is such a big deal to us, but it, it is. But like tithing is a huge deal. It's what keeps people that should be sitting in the seat sitting in that seat. I asked the finance department, I don't know what you give. I don't know who gives what. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I just said, just, I need to know statistically how many people tithe at Life Church. And they said, Pastor, based on the median income, the average income in this demographic, in this zip code, or in the, in the aggregate of the zip codes in this area, 9% of people at Life Church tithe. I said, wow, we're doing pretty good for 9%. 9% of people are sitting in this chair. What seat are you sitting in? And if you happen to be here, and you're spiritually obese because all you're doing is consuming more and more and more and more and more, and you're not serving, you're not giving of yourself, you're not sacrificing anything for the kingdom of God or for others, and this is about your creature comforts, it's not about agreeing with me. This is not a dictatorship. This is not a theocracy and I'm Theo, right? This is not that kind of a deal. But if this is where you're sitting and you feel convicted, maybe you need to get up from this seat and find yourself a seat somewhere around the table. Because this seat doesn't exist. You won't see this next weekend when we have this conversation. Because this isn't what Jesus called us to. He called us to this. So what seat are you sitting in? 